0: WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA
2: Radio.
3: Well, here we go then, Jeremy, uh, for the second part of the 36 hours of Florida, uh, if you will, uh, and the 71st running of the mobile 112 hours of Sebring and absolutely fascinating coming in here. The teams have had a little bit of testing, They were almost as quick at the front of the field as the previous DPIs were for the new GTP cars. I think half a second was the difference. And excited? Much? Uh,
4: Yes, indeed, I'd say. I'd say so, yeah. I mean, gosh, what a start to the season it was. And... uh all sorts of dramas on and off the track, unfortunately, afterwards, which is, uh, which is a s- rather sad to see. Uh, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, as the, as the weekend goes along. But you know, the focus now is on, uh, on round two and uh, Super Seabree this weekend. Uh, we've got a, a big field of the cars here. And uh, I think with perfect weather conditions today, it's going to be a really interesting day, John. We've got night practice later on tonight as well, so a busy day for these teams. And, um, and for our, our marshals and
3: flag workers as well. Thank you very much to them, because it's going to be a long uh, long day for all of our volunteers. We can't go motor racing without you. All right, stand by for a bit of action. You may not have seen uh, these cars, uh, the cars at the front of the field. You may have seen them if you were up at Daytona. If not, you're going to see the GTPs in IMSA, guys. And, of course, the two Acuras you won't have seen, even if you were watching the WEC earlier in... Th- the week a lot of drama a lot of controversy about the rolex 24 at daytona a winning car that was outside of the technical regulations we have to talk about that and we will talk about it uh, throughout the next few sessions first of all let's check in with share adam as the green flag is out Share, where are you i'm down here at jdc miller motorsports with dan goldberg dan you were racing
5: last weekend here with jdc in an lmp3 car now you're back it seems a bit like deja vu how similar are the two cars well aside from the fact that you're sharing this one with two other guys
6: oh they're basically the same car the team has them set up pretty similarly uh we were here testing week before vp and i bounced between the two cars. They're good. The seat's a little different, but other than that, ready to rock.
5: Is it a different seating position as well, since you're having to compromise with two other drivers?
6: A little bit. The seat makes me laugh because I've spent a lot of time making my own seat for the other car, and I'm very particular about it. Then I get in this car with a seat that I didn't make, wasn't even for me, and I'm like, oh, this is okay. So kind of annoys me that i'm okay with the seat even though it's not the one i perfectly customized. but uh no it's good I'm, we're happy we can actually all share the same seat without inserts makes it a lot easier for the pit stops
5: what is it about the 12 hours of sebring that keeps drawing you back because this race i know it, it's particular isn't it
6: it is it is my home track i i grew up racing here i've been coming here for 20 years um club racing and spectating and uh this is home this is This is the ultimate goal for me is to be on the top step here at Sebring.
5: You guys have a a slight disadvantage almost on paper because two bronze drivers in your LMP3, whereas everybody else has a different lineup. But what do you think is going to be the strength of you and Till versus everybody else? Uh,
6: This race is about consistency and not making mistakes, uh, surviving the bumps and getting through it. So I think we're in in, uh, as good a shape as many of the other teams. Um, So it's just about... Doing our thing and staying clean. Good luck, Dan. Thank you.
5: He's in the 85 this weekend,
3: John. That's Dan Goldberg. Thank you, Cher. Cher Adam down there in the pits. What are we are going to see, Jeremy, in this uh, opening session? It's been a few weeks since the teams were here. Not everyone was here. So there will be a program to get through. Um, we're working towards qualifying tomorrow for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Very busy pit lane. Just coming in the new T Rex AO Porsche, um, which is called. Is it called Rexy? Shit, Adam? What of the names? Yes. Rexy. Its it's official name is Rexy, and
5: it is the GT3 RAR.
3: RAR. Not GT3 R, GT3 RAR. RAR. R A W R. Uh, In International uh, Talk Like a Pirate (laughs) dear. Or
5: (laughs) Talk Like a Dinosaur in this case.
3: Indeed, thank you, sir. Um, we won't miss that one on the track. So, Jeremy, what do you reckon we're going to see in, in this session? Cycling through drivers, set-up work, a bit of both?
4: Yeah, most of the teams have been here uh, testing uh, either during the official sanction test last month or uh, private testing. So, uh, uh, most of the teams have got a lot of miles around here, particularly the GTP cars. They did a lot of their development testing here, uh, the, the thinking being there. Well, number one, of course, they race here, so it's, it's, it's good, good for that. But also, if... Uh, the uh the bumps on any racetrack are going to shake a car apart it's here at sebring so if if you can run a lot of miles here without any problems you know you've got a pretty strong car uh, but i do know that you know it's they, they have done a lot of testing at gtp cars but still there are concerns uh, obviously about reliability because this place really does give the cars a massive hammering drivers too come to that but uh, on the technical side of things yeah it's a it's an It's a real challenge for the engineers to make the car work properly and to all of the drivers liking around here with all the different surfaces, uh, particularly the concrete and the bumps that are associated with concrete in general. So, yeah, this is a a major challenge, but it's one that all the drivers are looking forward, have been looking forward to.
3: Times, Jeremy. Um, GTPs have not set a time here in terms of in a full competitive session. They've done testing. Um, I think it was a, uh, from memory. I think it was a forty-six six or something like that. Half a second away from the race lap records. I think that's a forty-six one. Again, I'm doing that from memory. I should let you tell me. Um, but basically, today is not the day to be setting fast times, or is it?
4: Well, yeah, you know, not not really. But uh, yeah, qualifying really isn't that important around here. Um, uh, Having said that, uh, <laughs> yeah, there are, there are championship points. That's exactly right. Uh, 35 points for the uh, pole sitter, 32 for second, and on down from there. So, yeah, points are important, particularly as, as how close the uh, IMSS Sports Car Championships always tend to end up being at the end of the season. So every point is, is critical. Also, track position is important. You yeah, know, the cars are closely matched and overtaking is difficult. So you do want to start up front. And certainly at Daytona, uh, the... Uh, the uh, Meyer Shack team in particular, they really prioritised, uh, made a point of, of making it known that they prioritised qualifying there. So did the other teams as well, to be fair. Um, I think it's probably a little bit less so here because of the demands of the racetrack. And, um, but still, you know, you, you want to get those championship points on the board. So uh, you, you're working to make sure, though, primarily that the car is going to be comfortable to drive, during that twelve-hour race for all three drivers that would be sharing a car. Uh, Daytona was set, we uh, a lot of the teams had four drivers to the car here. Everybody has three.
3: Yeah, and setting the car up for the darkness here is really, really important. So tonight's evening session, the last session of the day, yeah. which does go into what will be full dark. This evening, that's going to be really, ex- uh, really exciting and really important,
4: really important. Yeah, that, that's probably the most important session of the weekend other than the race itself, because, as you say, you know, the race goes from uh, so 10 o'clock in the morning, isn't it, till 10 o'clock at night. Uh, so darkness here is around about seven ish. So the last three hours or so are, are are full dark here. And that's the time at which we're going to be running tonight. The, 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 the night session runs from 7.45 to 9.15 This evening, so an hour and a half uh, for practice. We've got another practice session this afternoon at 3.50 p.m. Starting at it goes on for an hour and a half. Uh, But then that hour and a half tonight. Yeah, critical because that is going to be the time of day at which the race finishes on Saturday. Weather? Ah, well, ah. weather is another factor. Weather uh, or not. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, because today it looks like being perfect all day long. It'll be clear, I think, tonight. But race day, yeah, we don't know. The the
3: interesting thing was talking to drivers who are in both paddocks. Um, Scott Huffaker, for example, TDS Racing, leading at the moment, uh, one of the uh, Team USA scholarship alumni True. here this weekend. He was 2019, wasn't he? remember meeting Scott over in the UK. He was saying it is much more. A spin for the BMW uh, on the far side of the circuit. I should say the BMW prototype. That was just under the Corvette bridge, the number 25, the 25. Just getting up to speed, that car. And that was, who was it? of de Filippi behind the wheel of that car. Yeah, Scott's saying to me it's very different what they're doing in WEC. They're setting the car up. For the, the meat of the day, the meat and the heat of the day, whereas you set it up for the dark and the cooler temperatures at night in Imza, because they feel you're far more likely to get the race pulled back together at Imza with the use of a safety car, whereas Eduardo Freitas, who's the race director for WEC, typically will use... Uh, Local yellows or full course yellows, which is not a safety car. That's a virtual safety car. And therefore, it doesn't squeeze the field up and neither do you get pass arounds, etc. It was a very lazy spin for Conor De Philippi in the 25 car. I think he was struggling with cold tyre temperatures. Yeah, um, This is something that is not new in IMSA but all the drivers of particularly the GTP cars although they're heavy much heavier than the DPIs they're still struggling a wee bit to get tyre temps coming up and that looked to me the product of that we'll speak a bit more, more about that in a wee while Shea Adam has found another interview down in the pit leg and to ask my favourite traditional question of a
5: Rolex 24 winner Roman d'angelo what time is it
2: I don't know. I don't have, don't have a watch on right now. so. Um, have you morning, been wearing it? Yeah, I wore it a couple times. I mean, I'm not going to sell it or get rid of it, so I might as well wear it and enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I've been, been pretty uh, pretty special to win that.
5: How long did it take to sink in that you won the Rolex?
2: I didn't have much time to, to process it. I was in, in class the next day, so that wasn't, wasn't optimal. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, having won it, it takes a long time to sort of realize that you've done that um, maybe a couple weeks, but maybe it still hasn't sunk in. So um, yeah, just so special to win that. It was something I always wanted to do as every other driver in the sports car world does. So yeah, very, uh, very special to, to do with the heart of racing.
5: As part of the, the bonus, I'll say, of winning the Rolex, if there is a bonus, you're leading the championship. The position you've been in for a long time now is the defending series champ. How important is it to start the season off on the right foot looking at the full season?
2: Yeah, no, it's really good. Um, kind of the opposite of last year. We had a really, really bad first few weekends. Um, nothing to do with the team, just a lot of a lot of luck that went into it. Um, but, yeah, starting off on the right foot, it's obviously always good. Um, we just hope that we can sort of carry the momentum through the rest of the season and, and uh, kind of end where we did last year as well. So,
5: I noticed on social media that you guys were testing here fairly recently. Do you feel like you have a good setup on this Aston Martin to go into the 12-hour race?
2: Yeah, it's great to, great to have both cars, um, you know, You know, testing. So we're kind of able to try a bunch of different setups. Um, we went definitely went through a, a bunch of different changes and just tried and experimented for a few days, which is really nice, um, really enjoyable to drive to and just feel the different different setups in the car and stuff like that. So I think we have a, have a good baseline of what we need to do, but obviously the weather's changing, humidity's changing, um, could rain this weekend. So we'll see how that all all pans out.
5: How difficult is it not to chase this track?
2: Yeah, it's super difficult. I mean, the Florida weather, right now it's, I don't know, maybe 60 and nice breeze and perfect. But by three or four, it's humid and 80 degrees. So it's changing all the time. Um, The grip's changing. It's super greasy. So just uh, you have to kind of understand that. And these guys have have tons of experience, so they know what to do.
5: Well, hey, good luck this weekend. Thank you. John, he's another one of our favorites because Roman wears the watch.
3: (laughs) Very good. Uh, at IMSA Radio, if you would like to get back to us and speak to us if you're trackside listening on 100.9 FM or around the world. Three across the track coming down uh, into Turn 17. Extended exit from the FIAWEC pit, which comes out uh, on the inside of Turn 17. That's the new white markings on the Ullman Strait. The entry to the pit for WEC, they experimented with a new entry, a little bit further back around the track. But uh, it didn't quite work, so the entry is the same as it was last year. It is a bit of a challenge for the drivers to get the car slowed down for the WEC pit lane on the back straight. Uh, but they felt that was safer. So well done to Sebring, WEC and IMSA for putting that back the way it was after the prologue weekend so they've already run a couple of sessions on that still if you're a IMSA driver you've got to remember when this call you in pit pit pit
4: that you're actually coming all the way around to turn 17 and not diving in at 15. Yeah there's quite a few drivers doing pulling double duty I was talking to Dane Cameron yesterday that's certainly one of the things he's got to uh, focus on he's told his uh, his guys are on the radio to him uh, treat me like an idiot. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't assume I know anything. Uh, because it's a really easy mistake to make uh, to pull into the wrong pit lane. It's not so bad if you're an IMSA driver um, and you sort of
3: lift off a little bit coming into 15 and then think, oh, no, it's not that one. You carry on the way around. It's disastrous if you are an IMSA driver doing WEC and you blast straight past and think you're turning in at 17 because you've got another lap to do. Uh, Scott Huffaker was saying when I spoke to him over the weekend, at the prologue, he said, I'm, I'm going to tell, I've been telling my engineer to say pit, but say pit T15. Pit T15. When, when he comes in, he says, and that just flicks it back. He's driving two completely different cars, of course. GT yeah. in the World Endurance Championship and a LMP2 here. And he says, actually, the driving style's not that different because the GT now, um, the LMP2s have been slowed down in WEC so much. It's, in terms of the driving style it's not that different between a gte car which they still have in the WEC, and the lmp2s here in WEC. and it's different enough jeremy that when he jumps in the car it's not as if he's in a gt3 and a gt4 car from the same manufacturer he's in something completely different yeah. and that immediately says to him right Right, I'm I'm in the WEC now because I'm in the Ferrari, or I'm I'm in the IMSA now because I'm in the P2. And he says that's really helping him out. You'd think that the, the closer the two cars could be, look and feel would be would be better, but he says the opposite. It helps right. him focus his mind.
4: Isn't that interesting?
3: Quickest lap in GTD goes to Madison Snow for Paul Miller Racing in the BMW M4
4: GT3. Uh, yeah, from Trent Hindman in the Porsche. The Volt Racing uh, Porsche, the, the, uh, there's been some balance of performance changes to the uh, IMSA cars since Daytona uh, in uh, various sort of minor tweaks. But the, in GTD, the biggest tweak was certainly to the Porsches, which are really struggling at, uh, at Daytona uh, for straight line speed. And they've mm. been given a, a larger engine restrictor. Significantly well, they're back larger. to where they
3: were last year, the, the car is the same weight and the same power. As last year, and they lost five mil at Daytona, yep. and they've got five mil back for this one. Now, in fairness, the car different is engine though. it's a bigger engine, bigger it, engine. Two hundred CCs yep. more, but no more power. That's much more the the torque curve yep. of the car, but the weight hasn't changed. The weight and the actual output hasn't changed. Yep. So that now we'll see what that car, that brand new car, the nine nine two uh, GT three can do. Uh, let's go down to the pit lane. Share Adam is with Ricky Taylor.
5: Ricky who's coming off of a race weekend this last time but that was a physical activity for you. A triathlon, right? You've been doing a lot of these in the off-season.
0: Yeah. We only have nine races this year so we, uh, <laughs> we have to compete somehow and Jordan's been going crazy with his triathlon so trying to keep up with my younger brother. Um, but yeah, it's really nice to be back on the racetrack. Uh, it feels like forever since Daytona so really nice to get going. We're having like a little bit of electrical issues, uh, but the guys are getting them sorted.
5: It seemed like you guys tried to pull away a couple of times and it didn't really go. How important is it because you're losing track time right now versus how much track time you've got for the remainder of the day?
0: Yeah, we um, We luckily we've had you know, of, of any racetrack we've been to probably the most time here in Sebring. Um, track conditions are always changing here, so it's, it's always nice to get something a bit more relative. Um, and something new for the for our GTP Air uh, X06 is we do a shakedown before every single race now. Unlike the DPI, you just kind of show up at the racetrack and go. Uh, this car, there's so many systems. Uh, we actually did a shakedown on uh, Sunday with Louis and uh, made sure all the systems were, were working. But it's just so complicated. There's uh, there's so many things that, that can go wrong. But uh, yeah, we're going to sorted and and then hopefully this is the end of it.
5: I saw that, the shakedown at the Concourse Club down in Miami, kind of cool. Um, the neat thing is, I'm not being a pessimist here. We are expecting rain on Sunday. That's going to be, it's Saturday. It's going to be a new experience for everybody with these GTP cars, right?
0: Yeah, none of, none of us have driven in the rain with this car. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know if it can get wet. I don't even know. <laughs> um, no, it's, it, should be, it should be interesting. I, I, think, I can't imagine anybody's got good experience in the wet yet um michelin's got some experience with the tire so we should know what to expect on on, on those terms but in terms of systems and traction control and it doesn't look like it, it's going to rain until the race so it'll be a bit of an exploration but good thing it's 12 hours so we get we've got plenty of time to learn
5: do you look forward to that do you get excited about the idea of driving the car in conditions you've never experienced it before
0: not really <laughs> um it, it's nice to, to be prepared uh i'm kind of a, a note taker. Uh, a preparer i guess you could say and uh i like to be prepared obviously motorsports is about improvising and adapting to change especially in sports car racing when the changes happen throughout the race um but yeah i like to be prepared as much as possible when everybody's in the same boat i don't mind it but i I do like to prepare as much as i can
5: all right, and finally, we are in the ideal pit box, pit box number one. The last time you won this race was from this pit box. How important is it to have a clean getaway and to be ahead of your competition on every single one of the stops?
0: Yeah, good point. Um, we like those statistics. Uh, when they work out that way, it is very important to get out of the pit stall first. I think it's become so competitive on pit lane that unless you have that, the first pit stall, you're taking extra risk to try and beat the leader out. And uh, so having it, it takes a little bit of the weight off of our shoulders not, that we're not making the decision to pull on energy or, or whatever we're doing. We're, we're making the call based on others. So it's a bit of security in that, in that sense. And it's a little bit of a, a boost for the guys. When you get to pit lane and you're always that, that first pit, so feels good. It worked
5: in 2017. Good luck again this weekend.
0: Cool. Thank you very much. The moral
3: victors from the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Uh, the, and courtesy of the penalties, of course, assessed on MSR for their car being outside of the technical specifications for the tyre pressures, they get that first
4: uh, pit stall. Well, yeah, they, they, yeah, the teams get, I think they get to- they do get to choose, don't they, where they want to pit in order of championship points coming into this event. So if there hadn't been that penalty, it would have been number 60 car that had the opportunity to choose where their pit would be, as they did at Daytona as being the, the reigning series champions from last year. But because of that penalty, and again, we'll get into more of that uh, in a little while, uh, but because of that penalty, they were docked 200 points, but which put them to the back of the field in terms of points. Mm. But they were still able to keep the victory. But because they, had, they, they now had the last uh, call on where their pits would be, uh, that the, the second-place car did have, that, uh, did have that choice, the first choice. So uh, Ricky Taylor was alluded to that there. That's certainly a, you know, a good advantage to have, and at least something fell in their favor. Uh, having well, been the first uh, legal, well, we'll, legal car to cross the finish line. I think we'll, we'll
3: talk in more detail about that and, it, and I think it's only fair to stick a, mic, a microphone under Mike Shank's nose at some stage to talk to him about it and to somebody from IMSA but basically throughout the 24 hours, the Rolex 24 hours of Daytona, it has come to light that the number 60 car was out of technical spec on the tyre pressures that they were running. They were manipulating the data, the tyre pressure data that was uh, being fed back to Michelin and to IMSA. Now, HPD uncovered this and passed it on to IMSA. By then, the results were already finalised by some time, um, but they were fined $50,000. They lost the prize money from the race. One of their team had their credential Ser- indefinitely several, several suspended. Um, and Mike Shank is under under... A, a, a sort of suspended sentence if you will um, effectively until the end of July and that they as Jeremy said lost most of, of their points now uh, 200 points went missing now the feeling in from the paddock and indeed from pretty much everybody who's got a an opinion on this and I'm not saying whether this is right or wrong on which side of the line I fall but is that they shouldn't have been allowed to keep the trophy, the victory, or the watches and that's that's not what's happened. And there's some incredulity across the paddock, pretty much um I would say unanimity in that, which is extraordinary, even from people who weren't in the same category. Um, That's the situation at the moment. I'm sure everybody will want to move on, but unfortunately you can't. It's sitting there. It's a huge elephant in the room. And as I say, we'll give Mike Shank the right to reply on that at some stage when we put a microphone under his nose and uh, see what his call is about that, whether he's even prepared to discuss it. I don't know but I think it's a question that uh, does have to be asked. We'll give him the opportunity to put the MSR side of things as, as to what happened then and how they continue for the rest of the season. Let's uh, steer with GTP and share Adam down in the pit lane. I have
5: far too many GTP cars in the pit lane with me right now, John. Oh. Um, this is an issue. We know about the Wayne Taylor racing issue. Uh, Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Autosport should be said to give them their proper name. Uh, but the Conducan Nolta car is still sitting in its box. They're still trying to diagnose that electrical issue that Ricky Taylor told us about that has stopped them from any running so far in this session. We've got both of the Porsches in the pit lane as well, both of the 963s. The, which number is this one? Uh, The 6 is sitting here with its tail and its nose off with some suspension changes going on to the rear of this car. The 7 is sitting stagnant, patiently waiting. Uh, We've also got the Shank Racing Acura in. That would be the number 60. So both of the Acuras, both of the Porsches, and one of the BMWs has just come back in from on the track. At least that one has been out and circulating. Now, tire allotment. I don't want anyone thinking that the reason the cars aren't running is because they're trying to save tires for the race. Because for our GTP cars, you're allowed 16 sets of Michelin tires over the course of the weekend. But 11 of those are allowed to be used during the race and qualifying. So you must use five sets during practice that then will not count going forward. So in effect you have five sets of tires for the three sessions today. Yes, it's more important to have tires for night practice because the race finishes at night and that's when you want to have a good car, but still, there's no excuse for not going out and running right now when you've got an hour and a half and then an hour and a half later, and then, yeah, another hour and a half. But I still don't see that as a viable excuse for not being on track at the moment. Yeah, uh...
3: unless they feel there's nothing to learn.
5: Well, the race is going to be running at this point. We go green at 10.10 on Saturday morning. And this session started at 10.10.
3: Right. Okay. Thank you, Cher. Let's uh, run through some of the times that are coming in. Renga van der Zander for Cadillac. uh, 1.49.965. Just as, again, this is comparison. This is not for comment. We got Uh, down to
4: 46s. In the WEC yesterday. I think that's behind your scoring there, John. Oh, yes, sorry, it has. New fastest time is uh, Jack Aitkin in number 31 Action Express car, 148.5 for New Fastest Time. Riga van der Zander second in the uh, the, uh, Chicken Nassi Racing Cadillac. What's it got a new name for that car? It's the V Series R now, isn't it? Um, Um, Cadillac. V Series R. V Series dot R. Dot R. Yeah. yes, indeed, it should be. Yeah. Although st-
3: still showing on the uh, timing screen is <laughs> VLMDH, yeah, somebody has actually. That so in. that's uh, a little change that our colleagues at
4: Alcamel need to make next door. Conor Di Filippi up to second position as we talk about that. The number 25 BMW M Hybrid V8, 148.9 for Conor. So Reggio van down to third now, like 149.1 in the at Chip Ganassi Run Cadillac Racing Entry, kind of a Fourth fastest, Dane Cameron in the only Porsche that's been out so far, kind of a six, a 49.8. The uh, the lap records you were talking about earlier on, you know, not relevant, really, because it's a diff- completely different formula this year, but the pole time last year in the DPI's was a 47.0. Excuse me, the, the pole time last year was a 45.1. The fastest race 54. lap was a 47.0 set by a Cadillac. And, um. In the test, I think they got down to half a second
3: away from that pole time, they um, have it which was pretty remember. impressive when you consider that these cars are right at the start of their development, as opposed to the outgoing DPIs, which had uh, some, what, six years of development behind them, if you will. Uh, At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, good to have your company around the world. Thank you very much indeed. We'll uh, try and get through some of your tweets. Just having one or two connectivity issues here at Seabree this weekend or this week. Mm. The IMSA technical team working hard to put them right, not affecting our broadcast but some of our peripherals uh, not working. So we'll get that squared away for you. We'll keep the tweets coming in and we'll keep an eye on them as they drop in. Coming down to one hour remaining in this session. It is an all-skate session. Everybody uh, can
4: take part in this session. Looking at some of the times uh, in uh, LMP2 it's the the car, the winning car from uh, Daytona it's the uh, top of the of the, uh, charts, Is shown as George Kurtz in the number 04 car for CrowdStrike Racing by AP, oh, sorry, they finished second they, at uh, Daytona, my apologies uh, Ben Hanley, Nolan, young Nolan Siegel and George Kurtz are driving that car uh, again uh, in LMP3 it is Gar Robinson in the uh, Riley Motorsports Ligier, that is fast They have problems at Daytona. Well many p 3 times have problems at Daytona. Uh, they lead the way here in GTD Pro, Jack Hawks with at the top for Lexus. That's kind of a 14, the two minutes 1.1 At uh, the tip it- And in GTD, right behind him is his best of the accurate. The uh, Wayne Taylor racing with and ready all the sport with everybody else. Number ninety-three car, Kyle Marcelli, driving the Acura there, two one point one nine four, and second in GTD, Aaron Tielitz in the other Lexus. That's the GTD car, not the non-pro car. Number twelve, it's second fastest in uh, GTD. Right behind him is Trent Hinman in the Porsche nine eleven GT three R for Volt Racing, and then the Aston Martin of uh, Andy Lally from Magnus Racing, car number forty-four. rounding out the top four in GTD to Acura, Lexus, Porsche and Aston Martin. So by for two tenths of a second.
5: At the very top of the charts, Jeremy mentioned it was the number 31 Whalen Engineering Racing Cadillac. And Pipo Durrani, you have to be the driver who is most excited when you get to see Sebring next up on the schedule, a three-time overall winner of this race. Does it feel like coming home every time you drive through the gates to this
7: track? Well, for sure, it's always uh, a a fantastic track to drive. Um, It is like a home track because it's the closest to my home, so uh, I guess you can say that, but it's just one of those places where you're always excited to go to. It's an amazing event, but also an amazing place for a driver to be behind the wheel. So, um, yeah, I've been lucky to um, to have had success here in the past, and... um, a few races have uh, slipped away from my, from my hands in, uh, in the last three, two or three years, but always a blast, always um, amazing to be back here. Uh, honestly, not thinking about the success that I've had in the past, but just trying to focus forward and hopefully that if we can achieve everything that we intend to achieve, then results will be a consequence.
5: Everyone here in the new car for the GTP category, but Cadillac has had the most recent success of all the manufacturers in the top category. Do you feel like Cadillac brings in a little bit of extra confidence almost because of those wins and those boards up above us that have the Cadillac emblem on them?
7: Well, I think um, we should not count on the, on the success that we had in the past and this new regulation. You know, as everything it's new, we need to start from scratch. Uh, for sure, the success they've had here and the past means that perhaps they do something that adds more, let's say, a little bit better for this specific kind of track. But um, we should never look back. We should always look forward. And that's how we are approaching this new LMDH project. Uh, lots of things to learn, lots of things to get on top of. And you know, if we're able to hit those marks, then I'm sure we'll have everything we need to succeed.
5: Okay, so in terms of looking forward, there's a chance of precipitation on Saturday, of rain, and nobody's really got experience in the rain. Does that excite you, the idea of driving the car for the first time in the wet stuff during the race?
7: I mean, it's always a question mark when you when you drive a new car in the rain, but it's always nice. You know, Sebring, if, if anything, is one of those tracks where you can have fun either way you know on on, on a dry track or also on uh, on a wet track so yeah let's leave that for saturday there's still a lot to go through over the week and uh if rain is what it uh, what we'll have on saturday then we'll have to deal with it and in the end of the day we're gonna have to have fun either way
5: now you became a father not too long ago is your little baby girl gonna make her race debut this weekend
7: she's growing but she's I was playing with her the other day, and I pretended that uh, she was a race driver, and she cried. So I was, already, I was already happy that perhaps she might not want to be involved in motorsports, you know. So let's live let's that for Daddy and, uh, and have her be around just to enjoy, uh, hopefully, some, um, some of um, my success.
5: Good luck this weekend, my friend.
7: Thank you.
3: Oh, it's nice to hear people on the radio. Jack Aiken's time still at the top, 1.48.3. It's the CrowdStrike Racing, Origa, best of the LMP2s. Carl Robinson and the Riley LMP3 heads that category, the number 40, 74. And in GTD, Racer's Edge Motorsport Acura, the 93 car. And in GTD Pro, Kyle Kirkwood for Vassa, Sullivan. Haven't seen the number 60 car yet, Cher. So might have to wander down there and ask some awkward questions. <laughs> 55 minutes to go. Uh, Maya Shank, number 60, hasn't been out yet, Cher. So so neither of the Acuras. Yeah. Interesting. Ferrari coming down to turn 17 is the number 62, Risi Competizione. The new 296 GT3 heading across the line in the hands of Daniel Serra. Another man doing double duty this weekend.
4: Yeah, and the Ferrari is also that's a brand new car for this season that, uh, like the Porsche, struggled at uh, Daytona with the balanced performance, as did the Lamborghini, which is a Nivo 2 version of that Huracan as well, Uh, we talked briefly about the the BOP changes coming into this weekend. In GTD, um, most of the manufacturers, except for Lamborghini, McLaren and Porsche, uh, have been allowed 15 kilograms less weight as a minimum weight than compared to Daytona. Uh, say so the Lamborghini, McLaren, and Porsche are unchanged, and the Ferrari and the Mercedes have added fifteen kilograms. But, like I said, the Ferrari was was off the pace; it was struggling at Daytona. But they have uh, a bit more boost than they had at Daytona, so a little bit more horsepower. Uh, just to the Acura, curiously, because that was pretty competitive at Daytona. Uh, also, in terms of the uh, the power side of things for in, LMB, in LM, excuse me, in uh, GTD and GTD Pro, because they run to the same technical specifications. In terms of horsepower, the Lamborghinis have a slightly larger restrictor, two two, two millimeters larger restrictor, so more power there. We've already talked about the Porsche having a five millimeter gain on on its restrictors. Uh, The Acura and Ferrari have a little bit extra boost. The Aston has a little less boost than at Daytona. And then the BMW, the Corvette, the Lexus, the Mercedes, and the McLaren are all unchanged in terms of their horsepower levels from Daytona. And so far in this session, it looks, uh, looks pretty equitable. The, uh, it's uh, Acura at the top in GTD at the moment, uh, with Carl uh, Marcelli having set that time. Ashton Harrison, who's doing a really, she did a super job at Daytona. She's uh, at the wheel of that number 93 car for Race's Edge at the moment. And uh, then Lexus, Porsche. Uh, Ferrari's up there for Daniel Serra. John just talked about that. And uh, Trent Hindman has just gone to the top in GTD overall, quicker than the number 14 Lexus that's running in GTD Pro. Trent Hindman's turned a 2 minutes 1.092 in that Volt racing Porsche. Now, Alan Brynjolfsson was one who was particularly um, vocal about the BOP settings from, from a Daytona and uh, to, to to most of the team 's credit they, they just took it in their stride they didn 't make too much of a song of a song and a dance about it. Uh, IMSA has, has addressed the situation here, but there are a couple of people who are particularly vociferous, andson was one. Uh, Ryan Hardwick was probably another one uh, but uh, you know, th- those changes have been made, and I think it 's generally acknowledged that IMSA does a really good job mm. of uh, balancing performance in, the, in these very, very different sorts of cars and with new cars that are coming on stream a uh, la the Porsche the Ferrari, Lamborghini uh, uh, Evo version you know, they're never going to be ex- they're never going to expect to be right at the top of the pile first time out that's just a, kind of a given but yeah, I'm sure I think they've worked really hard as they always do the technical team to make those cars a little bit more equitable here for Sebring. Are you hearing
3: that sound in the background, Don? Oh. I am not an engineer. <laughs> but that didn't sound like a healthy V6 engine to me. No,
5: no, neither to it. Me. Wasn't,
3: it was grumbling, that V6. It may have only been a V5. <laughs> it, it didn't sound terribly happy.
5: It sounded a bit like it was woken up uh, a little bit too early and maybe didn't get all of its coffee in before it was taken to work. L. A. O. Castroneves is behind the wheel of the number six Meyer Shank Racing Acura. That was the car that was fired up by him. It has full energy stores on the little indicator next to the fuel uh, nozzle area where that attaches to on the car. So it is ready to go. Elio has stayed aboard. They turned the car back off. That was a little bit of a a heat cycle through it if you will they had it plugged in when i got here it looked very similar to the situation up at wtr andretti now the car has been completely unplugged as it was before it did that warm-up sequence and elio is being told that he can indeed fire it up with battery pack and leave it's not doing that so now they are plugging the car back in once again it looks like the exact situation that's happening up with the other Acura. So I'm wondering if maybe this is something going on within HPD. Um, I will get an answer for you on that, but I do want to keep walking down the pit lane a little bit further to see if um, uh, cars in other classes are having
3: any issues. The, the uh, comment from Tim Gray up in London was that that uh, that Shank engine sounded perfectly healthy for him, to him, uh, so long as it was a chainsaw that they're listening to. <laughs>
5: Well, the thing is, John, that we aren't treated to these engine sounds anymore in the pit lane because the cars don't fire up when they're done refueling. They leave on the battery power. So that does make a big difference. Um, There aren't a, well, there aren't the normal amount of people up on the pit box. Um, I might be able to jump in with Tom Blomfist for a chat, uh, but I need to scramble over the wall and that's not going to be done with a microphone in my hand.
4: So uh, Jack Aitken still at yep. the top of the charts uh, in the number 31 Cadillac, a 148.534. The BMW in second position, Colin De Filippi, 148.9. Also at 148.9 now is the Cadillac Regal and Zander. Problem out on the circuit. Uh, four.
3: That's the... Is that the WTR car? Jeremy?
4: Uh it, it stopped big
3: enough on the, <laughs> that's a good point, stopped on the way out of tower turn and there's a bit of blue on it but yeah. uh, is it a P2 car as you see? I don't think it is a P2 car. I think it's a GTP cycling through everything. It is indeed number 10. Oh, okay well done. Well, it's, it's that rear light strip that gives it away the oh, yes. Porsche one goes oh, all the goes. way across the back oh he, he just lit it up yes he's just lit it up and got going again meantime uh, and by the way that was um, I think an out lap for that car yeah if not it was only the first flying lap you heard from earlier on uh, yes it was an out lap for Philippe Albuquerque looked like a control alt delete on the number 10 Cunningham and Alta accurate as he now heads back down the Ullman Straight and into the pit lane for the Sun Energy 1 number 32 machine and that is oh and a spin at turn 7 hang on a second it's all gone bonkers this is the Riley number 74 ranch and it is the number 74 car and that is another spinner down at turn number 7 there Jeremy
4: yeah, fastest in the class is Gar Robinson. It was, he set the time in that car too, so he, done, he w- was doing a nice job. But a quick uh, run through the uh, the green stuff there, and green and orange with the dirt uh, down the hairpin. <laughs> but he kept going again. One forty-one fifty-six point four with his fastest time. That remains the fastest in LMP3. Just uh, yeah, about four tenths quicker than Ari Baylog for Junior Three Motorsport uh, that team did not run at daytona but uh ari balog is uh, one of the drivers who'll be season long in that number 30 car for junior three sharing this weekend with garrett grist his regular co-driver and dakota dickerson too back with that team for this race that uh, trio finished second here in nmp3 last year so good to see junior three back in action
3: if you That's want to follow potent. along by the way live timing is available lifetiming.imsa.com and that has righted itself now. There's been one or two little connectivity problems uh, at the circuit, but uh, the IMSA Techs and the internet provider have been working very hard indeed. A huge amount of bandwidth requirement here this weekend with FIAWEC and the IMSA categories as well. So as you can imagine, it's putting a strain on the infrastructure here. So well done to everybody concerned for getting that back up and running. And the web timing is running again. The guys at Alcabel are uh, just a couple of doors to our left. And uh, they've been working on it too. So congrats to them. And you can get the dancing ants as well, by the way. If you go to live timing dot systems dot com forward slash IMSA uh, you get the choice of whether you want what we're seeing on our screens or the tracker around the circuit and it is quite useful if you're here at track or indeed further afield particularly in the sessions for which we don't have any TV pictures they will be coming up for qualifying tomorrow for FI uh, for um, IMSA excuse me and of course we'll have The Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup North America race all live and free. No need for subscription for that, whether you're in the States or further afield. It's always going to be free this season. And also we'll have the Alan J Automotive Network 120 for the second round of the Mission Pilot Challenge as well. And that is available in sound and vision. Halfway through now. Max Root, right motorsports, top of GTD in the number 77 Porsche. That will gladden the hearts of many uh, Vysak follower with the new GT3R. And in GTD Pro, it's still the Kyle Kirkwood time from earlier on the Lexus, the 201-1. And uh, Max Root's just gone a little bit quicker. Let's go down to the pit lane where Shea Adam has wandered down to, you must be down at RLL, are you? I'm at Turner
5: World, actually. Oh, Turner World, uh, right. It's a very fun theme park to come to, uh, to be down in Turner <laughs> World and see all the BMWs, the plethora of them running this weekend. Four for the team, as opposed to six at Daytona, but two for the 12-hour. And John, once again, you're back with this team in the pro car. What's it like to share a BMW with Bill Oberlin at Sebring?
8: Well, you know, Bill's a special breed for sure. Um, I would say uh, I definitely upped my, uh, my Red Bull intake during the Daytona 24-hour weekend to try to keep up with Bill. I figure that's, uh, that's got to be worth something if he's a winningest driver in IMSA history. But Bill's great. You know, I, I was teammates with him, uh, even co-drivers with him for one race at Petit Le Mans my first year with, uh, with BMW. So um, I know Bill really well. I've always, um, you know, looked up to him before I joined the series and then obviously you know got to learn from him my first first couple of years at Ray Hall and uh yeah it's great to be back with him I mean it's it's you know he's super he's a super driver uh, very intense but at the same time you know it's laid back here in terms of uh just taking care of what you need to take care of you know the team does a great job preparing the cars and you know you've got the winningest driver in IMSA history uh you know as, as a baseline so uh can't complain
5: We joke in the Itamitsu Mazda MX-5 Cup Championship about Celine Rolland racing at St. Petersburg because he's a pilot who frequently flies into St. Pete. You as a pilot, does it make racing at Sebring feel a little bit more special?
8: Well, it's always nice to fly into Sebring, especially when we test here, because I can actually afford to stay at the 7 Hotel during (laughs) testing. And so um, I don't rent a car. I'll just fly in, pull my scooter out of the plane, and uh, ride the scooter to the hotel. Unfortunately... I I thought I was only, you know, when this this car was supposed to do GTD GTD the entire year instead of GTD Pro for the endurance races, I was only slotted to do Daytona. So I had a really nice Airbnb in Lake Placid on the water, really updated uh, inside, all reserved uh, just in case. And then when I found out I was only doing Daytona, I went ahead and canceled it. So uh, now I'm stuck staying, you know, about an hour away in Arcadia and uh, ended up flying to Punta Gorda. So I would say this year being a pilot does not make it any more special. But most of the time, especially testing here, it's really great because you finish testing, you know, the airport's a mile away and then in three hours at home. So I, I do really enjoy coming here when I can land at the Sebring Airport. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case this time.
5: I do want to ask you one more thing really quickly about the fact that this program is GTD Pro for the endurance races. That means that the goal is to come out here and win, right?
8: I Say again, I couldn't hear. Sorry.
5: Your goal as running only in GTD Pro for the endurance races is to come to these races and win them.
8: Yeah, of course. I mean, we're not, obviously there's the endurance championship, but uh, with the way Daytona went, we're not really going to be too, uh, too far up in that. So yeah, race wins are, are the only option. So, um, you know. We'll see. I think it seems like we're maybe a bit more competitive than, than we were at Daytona. This track obviously doesn't highlight top speed as, as much as Daytona does, of course. So um, I think we have a, a bit better chance, but we still have to let the day play out and see how it goes.
5: Well, good luck. It would be fitting to get a win, as this is Bill Oberlin's 100th IMSA race weekend for the WeatherTech Championship. So hey, a lot of people will be cheering for you.
8: Perfect. Yeah, then it's made to be. I didn't know that. That's uh, then, then, it, then it has to happen. It
3: has to happen. Thank you. Uh, whilst Jay was talking there with Jonathan that it was uh, a problem for Frankie Monte Calvo in the Lexus number 12, that's the GTD car. Very weird spin down at turn seven and he was slow to recover from that but he hasn't come into the pits. So whatever befell, whatever problem was befalling that car uh, has either cleared itself or Frankie's worked out some way of pressing a set of buttons in the right order (laughs) <laughs> to get it to do what he wants it to do again. It was a very, very odd spin. Got into the apex and the car just literally swapped ends on him. So how how odd is that? So the VP in session update, VP Racing Fuels, Alexander Sims, Whirland Engineering at the top in the Cadillac V series. I think we'll just call it the Cadillac V for now. forty-eight-five from Conor De Felipe. Had that outlap spin as well, didn't he, in the BMW? Over at turn four into five or five into six. BMW M Team RLL, 25 car. Second to the Cadillacs for Cadillac Racing. The 0-1 Renga van der Zander-driven car in the pit at the moment. In the top three separated by four tenths. Of a second dwight merriman for aero motorsport in the number 18 is the best of the p2s only a couple of seconds
4: away from the best gtp time that's a good run for those cars yeah, yeah uh, it was uh, christian rasmussen who set that time in that number 18 car just a, a few minutes ago uh, it is a good time isn't it and uh, the, we've had a couple of improvements in gtp over the last few minutes it's still the time that was set by Jack Aitken eight, eight, eight can earlier on number thirty one car that leads the way one forty eight point five the fastest lap in the uh, in the, the the test here in February by the way was one forty six point five so yep. a couple of seconds away from that um, but uh, closely matched now this is more yeah you know, what we would expect for race pace uh, I would think. Uh, Renga van der Zander also improved a little while ago one forty eight point nine. Uh, D. Felipe improved again slightly about. Uh, Two or three laps ago, 148.7 for him. And Augusto Farfus in the second of the BMWs, 149.3. So he is now fourth ahead of the Porsche number 6, which is currently driven by Matthew Jamelet, who has set the best time at the 149.6. Six. Yeah. Uh, so. Just finishing
3: off the rest of the rundown. So we had Era, CrowdStrike and TDS. In LMP2, LMP3, it's the Riley number 74, Gar Robinson, Ari Baerlock for Junior 3 Racing. And then it is Abi Chavez in the pits now for Andretti Autosport, so seventy-four thirty and 36. And they're separated by just over half a second between those, uh, no, not even that, actually, two-tenths of a second, as we've got the 38 Performance Tech machine off. Kiffin Simpson, Tower Motorsports. Now, Kiffin had an absolutely uh, sparkling run at uh, Daytona. And been doing some single-seater racing as well. But a mistake at Turn 17. Never. Well, I think he might have got away with it. I was going to say never a small one. But looking at the car, it doesn't seem to be too much damage. Let me quickly finish off the... VP Racing Fuels in session update. Max Root with Wright Motorsport still leads in GTD from Ashton Harrison and Races Edge in the Acura, the number 93 car. Then Frank Monte Calvo, the red flag is out. And then in uh, GTD Pro, it's Kyle Kirkwood for Vasa Sullivan. And that's the 14 car uh, in the lead of that class. And the. Let me see, where's the second in GTD Pro? I have to scroll down a little bit here. It's Jordan Taylor for Corvette Racing in the number three. Uh, is it, have I missed one out? Oh, yes, you're right. Davide Regon, I've scrolled down two, four. Davide Regon for Risi Competizione, second in GTD Pro. And Rosgun, third for Heart of Racing in GTD Pro. The GTDs and the GTD Pros. Uh, pretty much mixed up uh, in that category with, uh, at the moment at least, Max Ro- Root, the best time in that number 77 right Motorsports Porsche of any of the GTT cars. And we have a red flag on the circuit. If you are just joining us, time will continue to tick away. Just over 35 minutes to go. And it's Jeremy Sean, John Hindhoff in the global broadcast booth. Adam down in the pit lane as the AMR intervention Porsche Cayenne and the AMR safety trucks are already at Kiffin Simpson. Drivers are told not to get out of the car until the safety team gets to them, so don't read anything into that. And I'm being told it's not Kiffin Simpson in the car? Which car? Shea Adam? Uh, Robert Mao. I think is the
4: driver that
5: you're looking for for the 38 Performance Tech. Um, I've actually just made my way down to Performance Tech and AC Performance Tech drivers. Um, I'll start off with Tristan Nunez because this is a homecoming for you coming back to this team. Long time you've been away from Performance Tech, but does it feel like it's been any time at all?
9: Yeah, no, it feels like it was just yesterday that I uh, did my first race with them. Uh, yeah, no time has passed, and it's it's good to be uh, good to be back with these guys. You know, they're they've always been a family for me, and uh, supported me all throughout my journey. So it's it's nice to hop in uh, for a race and you know uh, reminisce a bit.
5: You've been in the top class. You've been in LMP2 and now LMP3. What is this car like?
9: Well, it's uh, it's a lot uh, looser than what I'm used to. Uh, doesn't stop as well as some of the DPI cars, but. Uh, it's always fun to jump in something different and um, you know broaden the horizon. So uh, it's exciting. I'm super excited to be back in a car. Um, it was uh, it was tough to, to watch Daytona on the TV, but uh, good to be back in my home track and uh, back with the team that I have so much history with.
5: How does this car compare to both the PC car and the Lights car that you drove with Performance Tech in the past?
9: That, they're all so different. It's hard to compare. Um, yeah, the, the PC car, it's... It's been so long. I mean, that was my first race in a, in a pro car. I mean, I was 17 years old. So I've, I mean, that felt like a rocket ship back then. So <laughs> everything feels so different. But uh, no, it's, it's definitely a joy to, to drive this car. It's, it's uh, it, you need to push and it's, it moves around a lot more. So um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm getting my, uh, I'm working my way up there, but I'm excited for the weekend.
5: Welcome back. We're excited that you're back.
9: It's good to be back.
5: And now on to Christopher Allen. Hey, Chris. Congratulations on the podium at Daytona, by Thank the way. And welcome back. What's Sebring like? It's a very different uh, beast to handle than Daytona, huh?
10: Sebring is a little bit bumpier than, uh, than Daytona and uh, a little flatter. But um, certainly happy to be here. We've got a good team. Glad to have Tristan in the car with us. And uh, my friend Rob is currently coming to terms with the car. But um, yeah, couldn't be happier. And coming off of Daytona, I'm uh, looking forward to the race on Saturday.
5: You had experience with the team last year running in the IMSA Prototype Challenge, or in the past, I should say, running in the IMSA Prototype Challenge. How different is it to be in WeatherTech now sharing the car with other drivers?
10: WeatherTech is no joke. I mean, the GTD traffic and now GTP traffic and everybody around you, it's not like you just have LMP3s to worry about. And, you know, as if the car wasn't enough of a handful around here, now I have to keep an eye on other people. So uh, learning as I go.
5: What's the outlook for you for the season? Is it a race-by-race race kind of a thing?
10: That is an excellent question. I would love to be with these guys for uh, for uh, Watkins Glen, I guess, is the next one on the endurance calendar, but um, just going step by step right now, and let's see how Sebring treats us, and we'll go from there.
5: Well, good luck this weekend, and you definitely got the right ace up your sleeve for uh, having Tristan back in the team this week.
10: Thank you very much.
3: So just waiting for the green flag, and uh, there it is. This is the first free practice session for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Wherever you're joining us around the world on RS2, around the track on 100.9. Don't forget, we'll also be on WWOJ 99.1 for the race on Saturday. Jeremy Sean, John Hindorf for the last half hour of this session interrupted by Robert Mao, going into the wall very gently at turn 17. He wants to put the lotto on this weekend. You don't normally get away with that in the Performance Tech number 38 prototype. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. And beautiful weather at the moment. 66 Fahrenheit on the track, 68 in the air. That's 20 Celsius in the air, 19 on the track. 19 Celsius on the track with almost spot on 30 minutes to go. Who's happy and who's not happy at the moment? Jeremy,
4: how many cars have we had out actually? That's a good good, point. It is a good question. We've had uh, so far 51 cars have turned a lap. Uh, We've got, how many cars have we got total? Good question actually. 54. So three cars not yet turned a lap. Uh, Number 60, 60 car has done two laps, although none of them representative. Uh, It has been out out on a racetrack at least. The number ten car—that's curious—that that has, that hasn't showed up here. So it, ha- it has been out, but it didn't complete a lap. Um, so uh, there's still uh, one or two cars still to go out on the circuit. The uh, top five cars are GTPs. Uh, then the sixth car is uh, Castro Nevers, which is um, just did that two installation laps. Uh, and then uh, the other two cars have not been out. That's one of the Porsches and the number 10 car that, as I say, just went out and came back in again, somewhat problematically, but it, it was sort of stalled out on the racetrack but came back into the pits, and that has not yet been out since then.
3: Right the uh Racing Ferrari of Roberto Lacorte was struggling on its outlap as well. That's the number 47, the very good-looking blue
4: Ferrari. We've got all the GTD uh, Pro cars have been out there. All the GTDs, 20 cars in GTD, they've all been out uh, and turned uh, at least a few laps. Number 023 car uh, has has only turned seven laps so far in this session. That's a Triasi Competition Ferrari. Alessio Rivera, the Italian uh, factory-blessed driver, has, has just turned uh, seven laps so far in that car. All the other GCD cars have turned a reasonable number of laps. Most of them, yeah, around about 20 laps, between tw- 15 and 20 laps for the majority of cars that have been out on the racetrack. No been j- major changes up front. It's still the number 31 wheeler next... Wheel and Express, excuse me, Wheel and Engineering, Action Express run No, I like, uh, like Whelan Express, Action Engineering.
3: That's <laughs> yes. fantastic, that, Jeremy. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's going to be a long week if this, this, is, this is only God, the first Jesus. session for these Jesus cars. We've got 12 hours on, <laughs> on Saturday. Come on, mate. Come on. Could have been a contender. Well, yesterday
4: I was struggling with the time, <laughs> with the time difference, James, but uh, today I'm, I was feeling okay. Good night's sleep, finally. Good run on run the paddock last
3: night. By the way, how many people are here uh, already uh, yeah. got in on... Uh, we got here last week and there was already people setting up for this week. Tuesday and Wednesday, people coming in. Um, and one or two... I know Jerry Z turned up yesterday to set up his encampment and was shocked to see how many people were here. There are one or two spaces still to be filled. At the start-finish line for RVs, but only one or two. And the fence line around the circuit is pretty much covered. And it has busied up massively on the campgrounds, on the midway. And, of course, over the far side into Green Park. There will be some parties there, I have no doubt. The 60 Acura is out. Whether it's still sounding like a perfectly healthy chainsaw or not I'm not certain but it's going quickly and it has gone out in the hands of Tom Blonkvist. who she did tell me my ear was getting ready to get into that car coming through to tower turn now but on an outlap. And graphic illustration of how difficult it is to get the tyres up to pressure and temp for Tom. He's been hassled by a couple of LMP2 cars, um, which he, you know, really should be 12 seconds a lap quicker than. Now starting to be able to... Use the power of the Acura V6 down the back straight and into turn 17. I had to just take it easy into 17 as the fronts are coming up and goes across the line. Now it's the number 35 TDS Guido van der Gaarde yellow and red LMP2 that is sitting with that Acura at the moment it's the car, the subject of the controversy we were talking about earlier on we'll put that to one side for the moment and see how it goes here yeah still struggling no tyre warmers allowed in IMSA competition of course it's sister car in terms of branding just coming through turn 17 in terms of manufacturer that is the number 10 car that car hasn't turned a lot of laps either. Philippe Albuquerque behind the wheel goes up to ninth position with a one fifty one point two nine two, so that's still some three seconds or so yeah.
4: off the pace. Yeah, but that's just it's his second flying yeah. lap in that car. So I think uh, it's
3: gonna be two full laps, possibly three here yeah. to get up up yeah. to up to pace. You don't have the high banks to put the energy into the tires as they had. Yeah. At, uh, at Daytona. So we'll keep an eye on those times coming in as we head back down to the pit lane. And Shay Adam on Ipsa Radio. Happy to say the fastest guy so far in GTD, Trent Hinman.
5: How nice is it to be back at Sebring International Raceway in a competitive car?
11: Shay, it's something we've been looking forward to for a really long time. I mean, it's been a long six weeks since Daytona We've, uh, we've had the opportunity to come here and work on our equipment and work on ourselves as a team and as an organization. And um, it's just nice to see that it's paid dividends. There's still, um, still going to be a bit more to find. I think throughout the weekend it's going to constantly be changing, as Sebring always does. But just always a pleasure to be here, be a part of the 12-hour. And, um, of course, with the Volt Racing team, I love working with these guys, and that's great.
5: Volt Racing, the last couple of years, has found success in the Michelin Pilot Challenge race, but it's a much different challenge when you come here with a Porsche. But the good news is, precipitation on Saturday and Porsche goes very well together, doesn't it?
11: You know, it's fun, because Alan and I, throughout our entire time driving together, we've always been looking for rain. We love rain races. Uh, We're both very comfortable. And Alan's super good here in the wet. I mean, this is more or less his home track, so... Yeah, he's, uh, he's doing a good job of giving me some pointers. Um, so, yeah, rain, shine. I think we're going to be good to go. We've done a lot of preparation. I think the work has been put in back at home, back at, back at the shop in Stewart and Cincinnati, and all these guys are uh, ready to go for 12 hours on Saturday. And I know me, Max, and Alan certainly are, too
9: for
5: sure, and good point about it being uh, Allen's home track. We've got a moment Till Bechtelsheimer's gone off, ooh, fairly hard actually, It turned 15. We're still yellow, but we might be going red for this one, so we do have the opportunity to continue to talk with uh, Trent. This track, you know very well in other manufacturers, particularly the Acura having been on pole here a couple years ago. Does that give you an advantage knowing a car that hasn't changed very much that you're racing against? And let's be honest, they
11: will be big competition for you. Well, everybody's strong competition, and um... Of course, just having known HPD and worked with those guys, I know how good they are. I know how strong of a package they put on the racetrack. And, um, yeah, it's always a tough fight with them. It's a tough fight with everybody. So I think this is going to be a weekend where it's, it's, gone, it's constantly going to be evolving. And um, whoever keeps up with that evolution and and can adapt the best. This happens every single WeatherTech race race weekend, but maybe even more so at Sebring. Whoever adapts the best, I think, is going to end up with the best results. So, um, yeah, I mean, awesome to kind of know intimately maybe what your competitors are thinking, but for sure they're going to be on it just as hard as we are. So we've got to focus on ourselves.
5: It's kind of funny to think about a bright yellow car as a chameleon. But, hey, that's what I'm going to start calling you guys for now. Be adaptable. Good luck this weekend, Trent.
11: Oh, thank you, Shay. I appreciate it.
5: And for fans around the track, it is not a yellow Peugeot going around oh, right good. now. It is a wingless number 85 JDC right. Miller Motorsport P3 car. Continuing around, we stay green.
3: Yeah, that is uh, the John Church 85 car, Till right in front of the number 10 Acura of Philippe Albuquerque. But there was no contact lost it over the curb at 15 and backed it into the tires Till's bringing that car back John Church waiting for his Porsche 963 of course as the right motorsport Porsche goes wide at turn 16 and rejoins but with a lot of muck and rubbish on the tires now again was that just a oh it was a nasty tank slap a moment as the back end went away first and Actually, a really good save by the driver of the number 16 Porsche, which is Jan Halen. Thank you, Jeremy, in my ear. And down at turn seven, Performance Tech with another problem. That's uh, Robert Mao again. Well, uh, actually, that isn't turn seven, is it? That's turn ten. My apologies. Mm. Well, maybe he's doing it the Jacques Villeneuve way. Go over the edge at every corner and then back it off a bit. He just about got it, got away with it at turn 17 without damaging the car. That's not very often that you can say that. And now he's just had a little spin at turn 10. Till Bechtelsheimer did make it back to the pits in the JDC Miller Motorsports
4: to Kent. Yeah, son, rear wing. Uh, new this time: Renger van der Zander to the top now in the number zero one Cadillac V Series R. Well, that's changed on the scoring. Well done. Um See, they're, they're listening to us. Yes, they are. They are Hello, guys. Thank you very much, guys over there. Super helpful always. One forty eight point four three six. Then for uh, it was Renger van der Zander. Scott Dixon just got uh, uh, aboard that car now to complete the. Uh, I think was was day out early on in that car, I'm not sure it was actually, I think it was Renga wasn't it from the start, completed 20, 20 laps with uh, Renga van der Zander at the wheel and now Scott Dixon out in the wheel at and car so second fastest is the other Cadillac of uh, the wheel and engineering team, number 31 less than a tenth of a second adrift and then a total of three tenths back 148.7 is the fastest time for the best of the BMWs that's car number 25 two Acuras have both been at least turning laps uh, recently. Philip Albuquerque up to fourth position. Number 60, Tom Blomqvist going slowly in the
3: MSR car. It was steering wheel electronics from the team, telling us that that prevented that car being out earlier on, and it's not fixed, Uh, or at least something's not right because Tom Blomqvist running very, very slowly on the far side of the track. The young Brit of Nordic descent. Son of the original Stig. Stig Blonkvist that is. I remember watching Tom in BMW, Formula BMW in the UK. Has certainly earned his motorsport stripes and done the apprenticeship. Rewarded with the works Acura Drive. That car Touring back in, uh, just going through tower turn at the moment, and that's on some kind of limp home mode. Yeah, because he's, he's not, I don't think he's even changing gear here. It may be that that steering wheel electronics is not allowing him to change gear. Uh, he's not stuck in the pit lane speed limit mode because nothing is flashing. On the car, which tends to be the giveaway for that, the car is crawling i I actually wonder if he might be on hybrid power, maybe he's not even got the internal combustion engine running. he's pulling off at the Jean de Bian Benz well off the side of the circuit so it's not to inconvenience anyone coming through there, and I don't think he's going to get that car oh, home. Wow. no, he's, he's not pocket. Wow. He's not getting that home. And just the way that car was running, Jeremy, I, I'm not sure that was, a, that was internal combustion engine power. I think that was the last of the hybrid. It, it didn't sort of cough and splutter to a halt. It just coasted gently. Elio Castroneves and Colin Brown, the two drivers with him. The green light is on on the side of the car, which means it is hybrid safe, so it can get some assistance. And the red flag inevitably has come out for that car, so this has been not the most productive of sessions, really, for either
4: of the Acuras after uh, they dominated in Daytona. True, but uh, at the very, uh, almost at the same moment, that car was coming to a halt with Tom Blunkut out at turn 16 or 15-16. Philip Albuquerque went to the top of the charts huh. in car number 10, at 148.303, so faster by a tenth now than Renga van der Zander's time in the number 01 Cadillac. So good news and bad news there for Acura, but uh, seven laps completed in total for the number 60 car that has ground to a halt. Eight laps completed only for the number 10 car, but uh, the eighth of those, good enough to put it at the top, uh, as opposed to the 22 laps completed by number zero, 01 car, 26 by the number 31. And for the two BMWs, currently 4th and 5th, 18 car, 18 laps apiece for both of those two cars. Uh, and the, the Porsche, only one of the Porsches, oh no, the other Porsche has been out. That's done, s- no it hasn't, excuse me, N- just number 6 car has been out. Number 7 car, no sign yet of that car in this session. Um, and uh, number six, Porsche has completed 23 laps.
3: AMR safety crew on site for Tom Blomqvist. Uh, one of them looking under the back of the car. Perhaps I was wondering if they were worried that some fluid had been leaking, but I couldn't see anything when the car pulled off. I don't think this is going to be a quick red. Um, we've... Just on fifteen one five minutes to go, and both of the doors open um on the accurate that's uh x o six, probably just to get a bit of breeze through the car for Tom it gets very hot very quickly. In uh, all of the protective gear, helmets, etc. And inside the car, even though the engine is behind, there's a lot of heat sink into the cockpit. Well, for a moment there, it looked like the car was going to be closed back up again. So maybe a control, alt, delete done by the driver in conjunction with advice being given from the pit wall. But this is not what MSR want to see from the pit lane. Their car stranded at the side of the track, closer to the airport runway than to the racetrack at the moment. Mm. And uh, it's not even taxiing at the moment. Never mind cleared for takeoff. No. The AMR safety F D team waiting for one of the AMR safety trucks to come around. I think with the tour equipment on it. I think it will take a flat toll because it coasted into there and that's, I think, what they were waiting for. Uh, No requirement for the medical personnel down there. Tom, obviously okay. And Shea Adam is down by their pit perch in the lane and looks to me she is, though they've got some idea that this is slightly more serious than just another change of steering wheel
5: yeah they've got the high voltage um banners if you will to, to keep other people away from the car on the back of the uh tailor Dunn and they are driving back to the garage area so not even going to uh, attempt to make any kind of a fix to it here and personnel have cleared out from their pit box so yep they're going to go diagnose this and hasn't been the best start for them so far for uh, this session has it
3: Green light, uh, green hybrid light is on. Driver's side, left-hand side door left open to get a bit of airflow through for Tom, and it is taking a perfect flat tour in behind the Chevy AMR IMSA safety truck. Now they've, I think he's just gone too far to be able to go back in through the WEC pit lane. And again, that wouldn't really help them. So I suspect that that will come in through turn 17 into the pit lane and then straight through the pits and back behind the wall that way. Are there allowed shit to go out of the pit lane at the pit in side of thing? Or is that an entryway only uh, for cars coming into the pit lane?
5: No, it it should work both ways, uh, especially if safety is concerned, Um, but let's talk to a driver who just said to me, actually, the first thing I was going to ask, Scott McLaughlin, what's it like to drive the full course here at Sebring instead of just the little half bit that you're used to in
1: Indy cars? Oh, it's a lot better. I love it. I love it here. It's um, just getting comfortable with the bumps. You know, the how a motorsports car feels really good. It's just, you know, like just getting comfortable at 17 and 1, you know, they're they're fast corners and, um, you know, a big thing about these cars is positioning yourself across the bumps in the right spots, but... In the part where I've done thousands or millions of laps in the IndyCar, I'm quite fast. But the part that I don't know, I'm still a little bit down. But I know where to find the time and I'm having a lot of fun.
5: Yeah, turn seven. I mean, you come around the back, uh, turn nine, turn 13. It's all a whole new experience for you, isn't it? It is,
1: but I have to appreciate all the campers out there because they've got so many flags. So you can see all the wind and uh, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of support out here, which is great and great for the sport and great for the series. And, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to race my first Sebring 12-hour. I've done the Rolex 24-hour now. I'm going to do the, my first Sebring 12-hour, and I can't wait for it.
5: This is a race that's a lot more Australian, in essence. And especially as we get further into race week, you're going to find the experience with the campers and the fans. But are you feeling that love in sports cars that you felt back down under?
1: Yeah, it's a a cool vibe. It is a very cool vibe. There's There's a few people up and down pit lane that were in supercars in my days as well, and mechanics and... And engineers and whatnot so it's nice to catch up with a few people but it's just a nice relaxed vibe but once the green flag goes it's it's intense so uh, hopefully we don't lose 10 laps at the start this year uh, at like Daytona and maybe we'll be in the fight. so we'll see.
5: Yeah but you guys were team never quit you fought all the way back uh, to finish in a good position P5 there good luck this weekend I want to keep talking to you and see how you enjoy it.
1: Please I'm friendly come say hello. <laughs>
3: Scott McLaughlin, easy man to get along
4: with, yeah. really is top bloke, and uh, a nice little chat to him at St. Pete a couple of weeks ago actually, mm. and uh, he was—he's uh, he, just so relaxed, such a cool guy, and uh, he, he really did love his experience at Daytona. Um, as we're back to green here, lost with, six uh, minutes there. Yeah. So just oh, and off minutes.
3: for the Porsche. Whoa, shoot! On cold tyres. Now that's one of the. Porsche Penske team cars and that was purely cool tires lot up for the number seven and it's, it's into the seven, was it? barriers of turn uh turn three. First
4: time that car's been out then
3: that's the f- is that the first time it's been out Jeremy yeah, if it's number seven yes right it was again just over the bump coming in yeah, just ah, it was going, spun the bat up first yeah. actually going back calling for power from the v8 twin turbo engine and Oops. that may have caused a little bit of damage to the front splitter it's matt campbell it? very rare right this one down he was just passing trying to get ahead of a gt car and uh just as he called for the power the back end came around and there was no saving it at all
4: he had a bit of a tank slapper i think yeah. he, as he went around that little kink there at turn 3 oh he's and got damage carousel. yeah yeah left hand side bodywork damage the rear wing
3: What's looks like it should be on a sprint car if sprint cars run uh clockwise rather than anti-clockwise cuz it's dinked over to the left hand side yeah it's set up for right handers only at the moment of that car and the wheels and the Michelin tyres look to be pointing roughly in the right direction as this, the 7 is the one with the black pinstripes and the black swooshes down the side that's how you tell it apart, the 6 have the white pinstripes across the front and the roof and the white swooshes down the side that's how you tell these two apart. The illuminated Porsche strip. Well, there's another way to tell them apart right now, unfortunately. Well, yes, Isn't the yes, the, uh, the number six has the straight rear wing. The <laughs> number seven has the wonky wing. I, I reckon this is just, you know, they're just trying out a new aerodynamic <laughs> setup here. <laughs> Shea Adam is down there. They'll be watching down at Porsche Penske Racing. They'll be looking at the same pictures that, that we are, Shea. So presumably they've already got a rear end set up and ready to go, have they? Uh,
5: They are not looking at the pictures, John. They are all up on the wall waiting to receive the car. So the mechanics do have the rear end uh, uh, tools to be able to take the old one off. They do have a new one up on the wall as well, but they're not uh, staring at the TV monitors. They are rather staring at the car coming down the pit lane with blue in the headlights to denote that this one is the number seven. I think it's red in the sister car for the number six. And here we go. All right, let's see how much damage. Uh, There's a bit of foam actually interesting in the rear wing in the um, strut at the top where the carbon fiber has peeled away. Interesting that they would use foam there to try and pad out the carbon fiber in between. The old rear wing has been taken off and left for me to stare at. Stickers actually are hanging off of it. That was uh, that comprehensive. But, ah, it still says Porsche on the back of this car whereas in the number six during qualifying, if memory serves, when Nick Taney brought the car back in it no longer said Porsche, it said uh, Orsha, I think it was. So the P was missing out that, the that's on the track. That's
3: on the red light strip between the... the Correct. The t- yeah. On
5: the braking light strip, if yeah. you will. Uh, on the center of the car, they do a brake lights on either end of the tail. They've pulled the engine cover off to make sure that all the suspension bits are pointing in the right direction. Yes, they are. Now they've put the engine cover back on, and they are putting the new tail cluster, as it is, a, a component piece all in one. And now the tail lights are illuminated on the car letting it know that everything is as it should be electronically dropping it off the air jacks a little bit slowly and now waiting for the iron dames lamborghini to be pushed ahead of it uh it is heading back to the garage the session being done for that car making sure that all the tires are still fully inflated and waiting to give matt campbell the okay to go back out thumbs up from all the mechanics as if to say everything i've looked at is where it should be and matt campbell blasts away silently
3: Yeah, that is a bit off-putting, isn't it? Uh, Just an update from MSR on that number 60 car. Their session is over. Uh, That problem that stopped the car out on the track. You heard Shea report that they were going straight back to the paddock. They have done, and they're trying to diagnose the issue at the moment. Through turn one for the Cadillac 01. Scott Dixon at the wheel of that car at the moment, and he comes out just in front of the Porsche as it rejoins, that bright yellow front really accentuates the shape of the nose on that 0-1 Cadillac for Scott Dixon. As he heads off down towards turn number seven. Quick VP Racing Fuel in-race update for you, or in-session update as we come down to the last five minutes. Still him and the Acura at that time. From Philippe Albuquerque earlier on, a 3 is the quickest. From the Cadillac 0, 1.48.4, 5 For Piper Durrani's wheel and engineering, red and white Cadillac, the number 31. Sheldon von der Linde is behind the wheel of BMW Team RLL in their M-Hybrid V8, number 25. That's a 48.7 and a 49.3 for his teammate Philippe Eng in the 24. Top six made up by Mathieu Jaminet for Porsche Penske Motorsports. In that 963, that is the number 6 car, 149.4. A 50.8 for the MSR Acura. And then we're in LMP2's Aero Motorsport, the number 18 car with a 50, 150.9, 151.1 for the 04 CrowdStrike car. The number 11 TDS car with a 151.2. And in LMP3, it's still the Riley number 74. Josh is now behind the wheel of that car. 156.4. And in fact, last time around, Dakota Dickerson putting the best time in for the Junior 3 racing LMP3. Close moment <sighs> at turn 13, tower turn. A second or two ago for the BMW number 25 with Sheldon van der Linde on board. Just finished. And the tower number eight car as well, which has been in the wars already to take. Uh, Gabby Chavez on the rundown. Andretti Autosport is third best of the MP3s in the Black & White number 36. And in GTs, it's Wright Motorsport with the fastest GT time. That's one of the GTD cars, the Porsche number 77. And the GTD Pro best time is from Lexus. It's a 201.0 and a one for those two cars. That's your VP Racing in session update Jeremy Shaw what have we learned anything
4: yeah it's been an interesting session certainly uh, curious that the accuracy should, should both have problems during this session although the number 10 car seems to be running well now of course uh, not so the number 60 uh, Porsche as well what a, what a curious session for them as well I mean that's the car that has most testing than, than anybody else as we see is that number 52 LP 2 car going the wrong way uh, but no, it's been Alex a really interesting Quinn. session so far. The, the your top four cars, uh, an Acura, two Cadillacs, uh, and the, the best of the BMWs, all covered by four, four tenths of a second. That bodes well. Uh, LMP2 t- looks super tight as usual. But that was uh, as again LMP3.
3: Sorry, Jeremy. That was mm-hmm. Alex Quinn Same in place. the PR1 Whoops. car, and again, that's coming through the transition between four into the long horseshoe at five, uh-huh. pretty much, and a little bit further around than, than where we saw the Penske. Uh, the Porsche Pensky motorsport car go off. I don't and think
4: he hit anything either. No, really. he did
3: not. He, he didn't. The, the, he was in the sand. He was further round, so he had a bit more sand. However, the number 13 has gone off. That's John Ferrano for Tower Motorsports. Um, no, no, sorry, no, it's not. Ori Fidani. Uh, it's uh, Ori Fidani, uh in the 13, the Orlando-sponsored car uh, for AWA in LMP3. Now, as he hit the wall, He's got away with it as well, you know. And that was where he might have just kissed. He's on the other side of the track. This is coming out of... Is that coming out of turn one through into turn two, Jeremy? Yeah?
4: Coming through off three, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, off three. That is... I mean, if, if you're standing watching there at the moment, you've seen a few cars closer than you expected. On, on both
4: sides of the racetrack. Yes,
3: absolutely. That's highly unusual. Ori Um No harm, no foul, I think. Uh, The team will have seen that, though, so you can't get away with it. Down into the last minute or so, in fact, we've got a red flag. Red flag will end the session. Um, I think that was... Ah, we've got another car off. Sheldon van der Linde has had a problem at turn 17. Yeah, he's buried it. He has buried it into the tyres. So he's gone pretty much straight on there in the BMW. BMW. So that wasn't for Ore Fadani, Fadani, it it is for Sheldon von der Linde, who has got the car into reverse, the BMW M-Hybrid V8. But that looks to me as if he had retardation issues. Mm. The brake-by-wire systems on these cars are very, very complicated indeed. And... You don't have a small one at turn 17. Yeah, he came came in just a little bit too quick, lost the front end. So it wasn't a loss of brakes. He was sort of under control, and the car just broke away from him, back end giving away, and that first row of tyres doing exactly what it's meant to do and dissipate the energy. Alex Quinn had a little bit of an off as well in that session, and... She, Adam is down at Alex's car. Did he get away with that one? Where should I look for damage? Because I'm not seeing any whatsoever. So, yes, Alex Quinn did get away with that one. Okay. Uh, Ori Fadani, see above comments. There might be a little bit of scuffage, or perhaps even worse, on the 25 BMW. That's the end of the session. We were nearly there anyway, so no changes to the times. The best time of the session is a 48-3 for the Konica Minolta Acura from WTR Andretti. And that as that 25 comes in for Shelton von der Linde, uh, it is uh, left front damage. She has just told me in LMP2, Aero Motorsport had a 150.9, that was the best time in that category. Junior 3 Racing reigned supreme with the number 30 car in LMP3 by all of 0.068 of a second. Uh, Forgive my sarcasm there, and in. The GT categories, right motorsport Porsche with a 201-092 is the best time and the best of the GTD pro cars. Just a tiny tick behind them, 0.064 of a second. And that was the Vasser Sullivan Lexus RCF GT3 201-156. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hainhoff, in the booth. Chair Adam was down in the pit lane for us. That is the first session of the... IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Don't go too far away. More action to come this turbocharged Thursday with so much going on till after nine o'clock tonight. And we'll have it all for you here on IMSA Radio and across the Radio Show Limited network of audio and video channels.
0: This program is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check IMSAradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.